Hey everyone, this is Jackie Marie Byer, your host, here to help inspire you on your journey to create, grow, and enjoy a green organic oasis. So let's get growing. Can you hear me, right? I can hear you good, and you can hear me, which is good because my microphone doesn't work anymore, and so I'm just using my MacBook, which is like a podcasting sin, according to most podcasters, but... What can you do? There's plenty of episodes I've like put out there where I'm just talking to my phone while I'm driving, which is like the worst. I mean, cool. Almost as bad as this. But anyway, I'll get a new microphone one of these soon days. I feel like it's the cable and like my old microphone cable is probably somewhere, but I can't find it. But you know what I did find? I found your door prize for coming to the grow live finally remember i was like i have a door prize for eileen i have a door prize for eileen i couldn't find it anywhere and i finally found it going through my teaching stuff last night or yesterday morning looking for some good job stickers for this kid <laughs> so i'll get that shipped off to you with like i think i have like a little package for you i've been putting together oh that's sweet thank you so but i was glad to find that because i was like gosh what did i do did i finally give it away whatever happened to that like i just was baffled where it was how was your job last week oh my job you know (laughs) i i just feel like it's like lessons you know i'm learning a lot about prepping food which like i kind of want to start like either a food truck or farm to table or like there's that salad bar, uh, what is it? Salad jar lunch club is what I really think would be my best bet if I can find, and I might've even found like a commercial kitchen. There's a new bakery in town and I almost went in there yesterday morning, um, but I had to get back for that interview that didn't happen <clears throat> to say, hey, you know, if you're baking early in the morning, maybe I could use your kitchen in the afternoon because that guy, Brandon Yost, told me, he's like, instead of a food truck, you're better off doing this lunch club model where you make salads in a glass jar, which I like the whole glass jar recycling thing. And people order them on Thursday. You put them together on Sunday or Monday and deliver them Monday. So there's no waste because you know people have paid for them ahead of time. So he's like, your profit margins are better. You're not worrying about like cooking a bunch of food for a food truck that like, you know, who knows, maybe you'll get there and it's pouring rain. Nobody shows up or like, you don't know, you know, he's like, you're getting paid ahead of time. So there's no wasted food. And he just said it was a better business model. And then I went on Instagram and there's like a million salad jar. Like if you type in hash jar salad jar, you see like a bunch of cool recipes and people that are doing it. And I saw that what they do is they put the salad dressing on the bottom And I also realized the mistake I was making. See, like in my head, I was thinking if I joined a salad club, like what I was thinking was like, I was going to get five salads for the week while I was at work and someone was going to deliver them to me on Monday. And I was going to have my five salads for the week at work in my fridge. And I'm like, how are these, you know, like, but that's not how it works. It's like, you just buy the one salad for like Monday. It's like a fancy salad. So I'm also learning like, you know, what salads do they have at this? You know, I mean, it's a restaurant. It's, you know, back of the house. It's the pay is pathetic. I was like, what, how much? (laughs) Got my first check yesterday. I'm like, it doesn't even have like a, I'm like, where's the thing that tells me, is this for two days, one day, three days? Like how, how many days is, you know, what, 
like it's just a check <laughs> she's like because they want me to get direct deposit and i didn't i didn't do that yet anyway long story anyway so whatever it is what it is i'm learning they seem super happy with me which is nice to be in a place where people are like yay jackie's here yeah, so that's that you're prepping huh? you're prepping well I was hired as a prep cook, but that was when they thought I had more cooking experience. I'm now back in the dish pit, which is where I prefer to be, truth be told. Like I yesterday I still had to like put hamburgers to get like I don't really like touching the meat if I don't have to and dealing with the meat. Like I've touched more meat this week than <laughs> I would normally in, you know, years. <laughs> but whatever uh so i prefer to um but they even saved the compost for me like i walked in yesterday and the and the owner was like i started you a compost bucket or the manager or whatever and i was like oh so that's sweet and um yeah they seem super happy with me i don't know whatever it's it's a job for now that will mike's not too happy about me being there but yeah that's anyway okay. yeah it's gets me it gets me uh the one thing that i'm super like when i used to work at the buffalo cafe i used to get like three miles a day on my health app you know logging and i'm not even barely getting a mile here it's a much smaller kitchen and just uh i would like to be getting more exercise i always sit at the buffalo i'm just here for the fitness plan <laughs> that being said part of the reason i didn't go back to the buffalo is because i am so like unfit i couldn't do the job at the bottom i might be getting there close to where i could probably do it but like at the beginning of the summer i was so out of shape i mean i couldn't even walk a lap around the track three months ago like when i came to new york i could barely walk a mile and yeah, now i'm up to like i'm back to where i can almost do three miles without having to sit down again i started running again in the mornings with someone that's on Monday good. and Friday, we meet at 6.30 or we're going to start meeting at 7 now because it's dark at 6.30 in <laughs> Montana. I think it's good to have a buddy to do something, you know. It does. It's huge. It helps because she went away for, for the weekend and we didn't run Monday and Friday. And so, of course, did I run now without her. So she definitely helps. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting there. It's healthy, you know, whatever. And it's close. I mean, it's right in town instead of having to drive white that was the thing about the buffalo too it was a hour drive and i don't have to do that this is only a 20 minute drive <laughs> i don't know anyway let's uh let's get to uh the show okay here we go welcome to the green organic garden it is saturday august 21st 2021 and i am back on the mic with my soil sister and garden friend forever Eileen Catrone who was our golden listener of the year in 2020 because she took what she learned on the podcast and put it in place and here we're going to talk about how awesome her garden is she's been posting on Instagram and Facebook if you haven't seen what amazing things she's got going uh welcome to the show welcome co-host Eileen <laughs> how you doing Jackie all right today I got a day off besides i got the weekend off i had to work last weekend so it's it's my first day i've had one day off since i started there oh wow good 
I'm glad you're spending it with me for an hour or a half hour, 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'm glad my computer's recording. I interviewed the Bronx Green Machine guy. Uh, oh my gosh, what was his name? Why am I blinking? Stephen Ritz. Stephen Ritz. Yeah, Stephen Ritz last week. And it was like the, the Zoom kept going in and out and in and out. And I thought it was his computer, but now I'm wondering, was it mine? Because yesterday I went to do that interview. It didn't work. Anyway, tell us what's going on in your garden. What's oh, your weather wow. like today? Are you guys getting that hurricane? We have like rain coming on, which I'm super excited about. It, it's so humid, hot, sticky, you know, 80s, but sticky, uh, gray, you know, which is kind of nice because it's easier to work in the garden instead of the sun beating on you, you yes. know, at this year. So, um, you know, working out there, I'm cutting back all the tomatoes, <laughs> all those plants. <laughs> it's insane but i gotta cut them back to get ready for the full garden that's what i wanted what does cutting back mean like you're pulling them out you're harvesting all your tomatoes or you're like cutting leaves off or what does that mean i'm cutting them all the way down to the stem i'm not um disturbing the roots um in the ground and trying to keep like um you know the, the insects in there doing what they've been doing so well you know so do um, they I, still have tomatoes on them or you picked all the tomatoes off? Um, they have very few tomatoes now. I pretty much picked them all. Um, you know, and I did the sections. <laughs> I did some last week, some some on Wednesday, and uh, then some I'm going to do some more today. I'm thinking so, about your pictures you posted that said, my husband's got some work to do. The chef's got to do some processing because you have a lot of tomatoes and i'm kind of in the same boat i have tomatoes i'm hoping to make my sauce today and then my salsa out of the next batch but i'm or oh, i don't know oh that sounds delicious because i did find some peppers that were like hiding under a plant that i didn't know and i have some like full-size peppers that i grew i'm so excited i posted my picture my first cucumbers i ever grew this year like mike has been pickling cucumbers and making pickles because he's harvested more his cucumbers were his best this year i think of everything he grew i mean he just has a ton of cucumbers and um he's been making pickles he also pickled beets which i love for the summer and we actually had a woman who likes our golden beets. she's like "Ooh, does mike sell the pickled beets? she's never wanted the red beets from us and i said we have lots of the cylindrical beets. Mike's been pickling them and she she wants to buy some of those. So we'll see what happens there. Oh, good. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about your tomatoes. Yeah, so you're, well, you're harvesting, your, you're, you're cutting back your tomato plants. You're cutting them at the base so you don't disturb your soil. And you're going to plant your fall garden? Yes, I'm going to start some seeds outside like um, arugula, lettuces um you know just some full garden stuff uh the i also started the indoor seeds uh in the seed trays and that my brassicas already came up i have broccoli rob um uh broccoli calabrese and a walton walton broccoli i have some cauliflower going um some beets I know, I know you could do beets outside, but I just wanted to get a little head start on doing them indoors. Well, um, a lot of people say that's the better way to go because you get a better germination rate. And then when you transplant them, you've got three weeks on, you know, like putting them in the ground and then you can make sure that they're 
like the one thing we have with beets is like thinning them then you got to go down and thin them which i don't i'm not the biggest fan of i mean it's kind of nice to have those fresh beet greens but now i'm so overwhelmed with greens beet greens my swiss chard's finally coming on what are the other greens like and i don't have enough lettuce greens lettuce is one of our favorites that paris coes is it cos or paris cost it's a romaine oh my god it's delicious that's a delicious lettuce that I did in the um, in the spring. But actually, you know, it gets too hot for lettuces unless you had row covers and you put them more in a shady spot. Um, then they would probably last a little bit longer. But now I'm going to try them for the fall crops. So which would be nice. My I planted some romaine and they didn't they didn't do any. They It was like they came up and. I don't know what happened to them. They just like, I went down there. I don't see them anymore. They never, they sprouted out of the ground and I was like, oh, cool. It's going to work where I took my broccoli out. And then they just like, they're not there. They vanished. They just kind of like my basil. I guess they probably like overheated just like my basils. Like they came out of the ground and then they vanished. I just don't have your seedling growing. I don't have it down yet. So. Yeah, but the, the, the weather here, you didn't have much rain. You had a lot of heat, like, come on, you're real quick. You, did. you, did. you know, that's a lot to deal with. Mother Nature is finicky, you know, and funny, and you just got to, like, dance to her tune. That's what I think. <laughs> and sometimes you, you have a good waltz, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> that's how I look at it. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, corn, I tried um, corn, right, for the first time. And I knew that you had to plant them kind of close together because they have to self-pollinate each other, like touch each other. And there's so many bees around. So I did get corn. But was it edible? Eh, no. <laughs> but it was a great learning experience. It wasn't you know? edible? No. no. Um, I had posted on, on Facebook and Patty Armister said it was a um, pollination problem and stuff like that. So literally, it was all different stages too. I could, I did taste them all. Um, there was one that was white that was like not ready yet, but it was so sweet and delicious that kernel. And the other ones were really yellow, dark yellow. Like and on they, the same stock of corn on the same cob, or like different ones? Different ones in the same area. Oh weird. So they were they were um you know grown together in the same Did block. you plant different varieties? No, same variety. That's so weird. Like golden gold bantam, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, and it was the the really dark yellow ones were I didn't know that how to pick them either. So I had to, you know, figure that out online. And then I realized I was like, oh my God, these are probably really old. Cause the silk, if they start to get too brown, the silk that's coming out the top, like a nice light brown, you know, like a, a really like white to really tinted brown would be good. Then you know they're ready. But mine, this one was dark brown. So mm -hmm. I knew that I was like, uh oh, that's too late. But then I started picking them all because I wanted to see, because this is a big experiment for me. And I got to tell you, the ones that were dark yellow, um, they tasted like if you let them dry, you could actually make like a cool cornmeal. Like if you were to uh, dry them and then, um, you know, smash them up like in a, in a pedestal of water or something to make like a grain, 
You could mm-hmm. probably make a nice cornmeal or something. You know, mm-hmm. the taste of it anyway. So it was pretty interesting. I'm going to grow another variety. It's a, an early one called candy corn. And I think it takes like 60 days or, you know, and then you have to add 14 days for germination. So, you know, maybe 74 days and it likes cooler temperatures. So I'm excited to do that one. You know, I'm going to plant that out there this weekend and see what happens. And I'm planting them in the haystacks. Some are in the haystacks. That's what I was wondering. Where are you planting them? Yeah, some are in haystacks and some are in the soil. So let's see what happens. I got those straw straw bales, I should say, not haystacks, but straw bales. And some are in the soil. So once I clean out some things, you know, the other thing too, you have to be careful. I have to be careful with birds and stuff. So I have to put like some kind of netting, you know, because birds and squirrels will come and eat your seeds. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so I don't want to waste my time. And that's what I like about the straw bales, because when you you can stick it in there, it's yeah. kind of hard for them to find. You know, where the soil, mm, you really have to throw some mulch on top and so you can mask them and hopefully they don't come pecking around, you know. I think that's what happened to a lot of my bird seed, my sunflower seeds. The thing I love about bird seed sunflower, like I just feel like they're just more fun and like you get more blooms off of it. And like my, some of my, they're just so cute coming on right now. I still swear all of my sunflowers bloomed the second week in August, no matter when I plant them. They're all coming on at the same time, but those the edible ones that I bought this year that Mike planted like bunches of that are really short. They're so cute because they're only like two feet high. They're all blooming like crazy. I want to try to like I'm gonna go down there maybe today now that I have my day off and try that recipe in the Forager Chef book about eating the raw um like making like a he says instead of artichokes you can make like a sunflower choke heart type of food so i'm gonna try that recipe today maybe if i get down there before it pours it's supposed to pour rain any minute um and then uh but the other one the ones that are blooming in my garden they're just i just feel like they're so friendly and they just look so i don't know it's just like a different i like the bird seed sunflowers so we'll see you know that um ziegler from the gardener's workshop yeah they keep on planting sunflowers every week I know. In the seed trays. So I'm going to also start that too, because they do, you know, they, they will look really nice outside for the fall, you know? Yes. So hopefully it works out. She's in Um, Virginia and I just think, I don't know. And it could be the seeds she uses, you know, she uses those pollinate, pollenless ones, which definitely the sunflowers I picked and brought in a bouquet like there's major pollen all over my windowsill and my kitchen table where I've like put bouquets because mine you know that's why she grows those pollen less ones because like if you're selling them to like uh people don't want that people don't want them leaving pollen like I know I've taken them to school and given them to secretaries before and they're just like would you get the pollen off my like I love your sunflowers but like people or parents are coming in to sign you know it's always in the fall when there's like a million parents trying to sign forms and whatever and sign their and they're just like for gifts that's all so I don't know if that's what it is like, but it just seems like to me in Montana, that's been my experience is that they all kind of bloom the first to third, you know, first, second, third week in August, whether I plant them in April or I plant them in June. 
I know she told me she like I specifically asked her on her sunflower growing. I was like, is this possible? Is this just my imagination. She's like, yep, it's your imagination. She's like, that's not <laughs> how they work, but I don't know. The other thing that Lisa Ziegler, she's the one that got me to buy the row cover finally. And like, so I've covered my kale with the row cover this year and it doesn't have the bugs. It definitely is the healthiest looking kale, but I'll tell you, like, I am still waiting for my plants to be big enough that like, I feel comfortable picking. Like they're just not getting any size to them. There's just not, cause they're not getting the sunlight, I think. And then I they they seem to be getting I don't know because like now we've had rain we had rain Tuesday Wednesday I think Tuesday it just poured just torrential downpour like I have not seen in ages and then Wednesday was pretty like I haven't taken the row cover off since Monday so I don't know what they look like now I don't know how much rain they're getting through the row cover but that's the one thing about them that's kind of weird. Now, I also do have them in a bed that Mike once said has horrible soil, and I should have took the soil out and replaced it with new soil. I grew buckwheat in it last year, hoping that that was going to, like, you know, be the cover crop. I chopped and dropped it, so I thought that was going to improve my soil, but he thinks that's a big part of my problem is my soil is not um, and it's also under a tree, so it doesn't get a lot of sun. It gets a lot of shade. It's in a pretty shape. But kale, you know, it's supposed to. So I don't know. My kale experiment is mixed as far as like, yep, I don't have the bugs this year. And then the other thing I did was I planted a row of sunflowers behind the kale. And they were like getting so tall, the row cover, like I had to move them and I transplanted them. And some survived the transplant and some did not. So I made that mistake that I won't make again. Don't put sunflowers someplace. What I did too with all of my garden beds, I always add um, the kitchen scraps. Does that make sense to you? Like I put like little pieces of cardboard or toilet paper, you know, the rolls, you know, the, the cardboard part. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always throwing all stuff materials in the beds too so i'm kind of like creating like a passive composting in my beds mm -hmm. so i i mean it's improving the soil i think i mean obviously because i'm growing you know things are working so i don't know if you adding some things like that like just some kitchen scraps throw some cardboard over, over it um you know water it down in that area that you were talking about and maybe um, you could replenish that soil, you know? I do. Well, Mike and I fight over our kitchen scrap compost. <laughs> well, <laughs> and he's the priority because he obviously grows so much more than I do. But I do have a batch down there that I just turned over last night that's just about ready to go on a bed. But I'm not sure it's going to go on that kale bed. Like, there might be another priority bed that's uh, waiting for yeah how about, how about what you're going to be collecting from your um new yes that, just start throwing that in there because then it's not taken away from mike stuff or the house stuff <laughs> just something you're bringing home <laughs> yeah well i throw that in our, our compost bins and we have two we have two compost bins that are like the primary compost bins that get like the grass clippings and the food scraps and like 
all that kind of thing. And then he has three compost bins down in the mini farm. And then we have two that are outside of our garden that get kind of like the bigger stuff that takes longer, like, you know, the corn stalks, the sunflower stalks, like anything that takes a really long time to decompose. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he definitely, we try to prioritize where it goes and just this year there just hasn't been that much. And then I have to admit like a lot of stuff I've been like throwing out for the poor deer because they like all my beet green scraps that like, you know, the bad stuff. And I don't know, just like stuff, like when I had so much lettuce, I couldn't eat it all. I mean, because the deer were just struggling so bad. Mm, wow. But, uh, what about any recipes? Did you do any recipes? I did. What was my recipe? Talk about your recipe and let me think about what is my recipe this week? Oh, did you see what I posted today on Facebook? Oh my goodness. A squat. You sent me the pictures on my cell phone of your squash with the brown sugar. Is that so, what it is? Yeah. I, I planted from seeds Nanticoke squash from Experimental Farm um, Network. That's where I got the seeds. And um, they it, it, they grew and they're still growing these big huge green uh squash they're winter squash and i had one that started very early like a month ago you know um well it didn't start it's i picked it a month ago so and i started in the spring and last night robbie said oh let's try and you know cut this open see what it looks like so he cuts it up and it's this beautiful orange flesh. And the smell was just like, you were like, oh, you know, this is going to be good. Mm. So he put them in the oven. He cut them up. He put them in the oven. And he also did some sp sp spaghetti squash that I had too. And um, he put olive oil, a little bit of pumpkin spice and salt and put them in 400 degrees for two, two and a half hours. And then we shut off the oven and then let them cool down on their own overnight. You know, they were covered. And this morning when I took it out, I took out one piece and put it in the microwave for just a minute, threw some salt on it. And oh my goodness, the taste was amazing. Soft, tender. Uh, just in your mouth. Oh, it was delicious. And it smelled like Thanksgiving because of the pumpkin spice. Oh, it was just delicious. Then my son woke up and then I made a piece for him, you know, in the microwave really quick so he could eat something. And he was like, mom, this is really good. I was like, your father is like chef of the future. He's like so amazing. <laughs> so I'm very happy. And they're growing like crazy now. Because they said, like, if you take, if you pick one squash or one zucchini or one to, it regenerates the plant to grow more fruit you know, pushes the plant. So that's what happened because now there's so many out there. So many zucchinis, so many squash coming up. I'm so thankful, so thankful. And these are all in straw bales, mind you. They're, you know what I mean? They're growing out of straw bales. Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, and I'm also using fish emulsion. You know what I mean? I do that every other week or so, or three weeks, um, you know? So I put some um, bone meal, blood meal like little sprinkle here and there so it's helping it's all working out so i'm thankful but it was delicious oh that sounds so good 
Yeah. I don't know. I can't like, I'm like trying to picture. I'm like, where's my phone? Did I take a photo of it? But I don't have my phone here. But the only, I guess my recipe this week would be Mike's pickled beets that were just so good. Oh, how did you pickle them? Uh, I don't know. He makes like this, um, like uh, vinegar and cinnamon sticks and allspice and I don't know. He oh, has that's a what recipe. About. That's then, what we talked about two weeks ago. You said something about the allspice. Going to the health food store to get some allspice. I know, but I ended up finding like a sack of allspice that I had here. And it was like, I don't know if the health food store does have allspice. I don't think so. Cause I think allspice is like cinnamon, nutmeg and cloves mixed together. Just like that's, that's what he ended up using was mm. the allspice that I had in a plastic bag that I had bought from the grocery store. And then he's going to make bread and butter pickles for me out of the cucumbers we have so many cucumbers it's just awesome so he made regular pickles those were so good and then the pickled beets that i put on my salad with like um because i've just basically been eating arugula i do have like this bed of arugula that i planted that i thought was going to be a fall bed but i've been eating on it for over a month and it's still growing like crazy like every time i harvest it i think this is going to be my last harvest and then it comes back and i'm still getting i got a huge salad of it last night just super easy and like this morning you can't even tell that i harvested the salad last night and i got enough for salad last night and there's salad in the fridge for today and then again, like I said, it almost looks like it's grown back again already that you can't even tell where I harvested it. I just have this tub right outside my kitchen that I just love. So, but I did pick like a flower or two last night. So that, that tells me it's, it's not going to last that long. And then I have these two other pots that I planted in March that I finally gave up on and uh, I'm going to replant them maybe today, hopefully one, I'm going to plant with arugula and one, I'm going to plant with lettuce, like a romaine or some kind of head lettuce. I'm just so disappointed. <laughs> My head lettuce, I put where I took that broccoli out, didn't grow. Like I was like, ah, I thought it was working and then it didn't. Now I feel like I'm almost back to like September 1st where I put it in last year and it didn't make it. Can you start at the greenhouse some lettuces or is it? Just so for germination. I could, I, I could do that. Like I have these trays where I planted that basil just sitting here with the dirt and like, they never, like, finally I brought them in the house. Cause I thought they would do better in here. And like, I'm, so I'm thinking like, maybe I should take that dirt re like take the dirt that I grew the arugula in, put it somewhere else, fill those bucket tubs with this dirt. And then, um, and then try, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, this is my plan. And then when I actually do it and go do it, it's like a whole nother thing. So anyway. I think you should try again and try the basil again. Um, I do want to try the basil. The one good thing is like, I do have this patch of like a hundred basil plants all in like a space of like three feet down below that are coming up that are like an inch and a half high. And so I'm thinking any day now I'm going to go down and scoop those out of there because if we get a frost, they will all freeze and bring them in. And so use them so that, I mean, maybe that will take off because what I want to do is make like little basil plants for people for like Christmas gifts. 
that I can be like, here's a basil plant for your windowsill. Because our grocery store, like I know, and I know people that buy like one of those little living basil things once a week. Like they use so much basil that they buy. And I'm like, I don't understand why you buy that and why you don't grow a plant on your windowsill. And so that's my, that was why I wanted to grow a lot of basil this year. And also to like, just teach more people, huh? You can definitely use that greenhouse, set them up, do all your little, um, pots. I do have that greenhouse this year that I've never had before. So you've got to utilize that because that's what I'm utilizing for the sunroom. And you know what I mean? You pack, you make, do the pots, put the, you know, soil, put the seeds, and then you put a plastic cover on them and it has to make like a humidity dome. That's what I wanted to ask you about. Like I saw like you had your plants in like plastic bags. Yes, yes. You know, the stuff like you, I'm a recycler. So um, like when you get new sheets and it comes in that plastic. I was zip- thinking, I have those things like sitting around. I'm like, oh, why do I even save this thing? And I'm like, that's what I lean to use. Like I can use that for that. Yes, ma'am. That's what I use, Miss Jackie, because I'm telling you, I am a recycler. <laughs> I don't like to spend money on stuff that you could reuse, you know? And I don't like to waste stuff. Like, why waste it? Why throw it in the garbage when you could reuse it? Like, that's always my big thing. I don't want to throw something in the garbage that I could use. Yes, and it's very easy. They come in all sizes. I use Ziploc bags. Ziploc bags that, um, you know, that we might have had something in or I, I reuse everything. So, that's it. Just put it in, you know, cover it, let it, it's got to have like a humidity, you know what I mean? And your soil has to be wet. It has to be moist when you put the seeds in. The other it's- thing I want to try this year is like, remember last year you had all those soda bottles that you had out? When do you oh, do that? Winter sowing. Oh, winter sowing. Yes. Um, Did you that do that is- like in November? Yes. I, October, November, you could start winter sowing. Um, literally take, I take my seltzer bottles, any kind of milk jugs, put holes in it, you know, open the top where you can like, it, ha- it has a hinge. Like when you, when you, uh, open like three quarters. Oh, you don't of- cut it off. You hinge it. I didn't see that. Cause then you're going to tape it up. You're going to tape that whole seam. I just that thought you cut. cut it off. Oh, no, you're going to tape that whole seam up because all your soil and your, it's going to, pr- um, make a humidity dome in there. So the actual seeds are going to germinate when it's their time. And the thing is to make sure they are in a nice, well-protected uh, area, like um, not like in, in, in an area that's going to flood and it's going to flood out your seeds. You know what I mean? If you could put them up on something um, so that they can just grab some rainwater when they need it, but and not in direct sunlight, it's, you know, it, it's going to vary because depending on the, um, you know, the weather outside. You know, but you don't have to really move them, you know, so that winter sewing, that's all I could say winter sewing, you can look it up. It's amazing. And Esther's, um, there's a YouTube channel, Esther's Garden. I think I sent you the link. That's who um, got me started on the winter sewing. Mm. And um, you know, I was looking at her YouTube videos. And, See, you know, no, what? I was thinking I could put those in the greenhouse this year. They need to be outside. Hmm. It can't be in the greenhouse. It has to be outside of the environment because they have to get cold. As you know, it, nature takes its course. And then in the spring, it will, they will come up when they need to. 
the stage. I love that. that was so cool last year to see that your success with that and just how cool. Yeah, my presenter came up like that. My um, Phil came up. I mean, I did quite a few things like uh, my sunflowers. You know, I did those in the house, actually. I did a couple outside, but they weren't so great. But you can do a lot, you know. Um, peppers. I did a lot of peppers that way, too. So, and peppers, I did, I'm not completely successful on the peppers, I think, you know. Um, I have a learning curve to do with peppers. They have a different, um, and I didn't, I didn't know that, you know, they're perennials too. They like, you can overwinter them in the house. You cut them back peppers and then you can overwinter them in the house. And then in the spring, you take, you know, when, when it gets warmer out, you take them back out. No, That's I had no idea. I know my peppers have been like my star performers this year. I planted these like really skinny johnny nordello i think they're called um that are like long and skinny they are the sweetest peppers you've ever had and they've been like turning red for like a month now and now they're getting like really big in size but i've been putting those on everything and then my green bell peppers like i had this one plant and i went down there about i don't know three weeks ago and took all the bottom leaves off and when I went down two days ago, there were huge bell peppers under there that I picked two giant green ones. And then there's still like three or four coming on on this plant that I didn't even realize like there were peppers on it. But pulling those bottom plant, those bottom leaves off, whenever you told me pull the bottom leaves off the tomato plants, I did it. And it was like, I can't believe the success this one plant has had. And there are other, like, I've had good luck with peppers this year. That's true. That's awesome. Uh, and those Johnny Dark, I mean, they're just so sweet. They're long. They look like hot peppers, but they're not. They're super sweet and just super fun to grow. And they just keep turning red. And I have abundance of them, too. Uh, that's been fun. Well, we've been talking longer than I thought we would. So let's wrap it up. Anything else you want to tell listeners? No, not at all. Have fun. Happy garden there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> It was nice to talk to you, Jack. Oh, it was so fun to talk to you. This is like the highlight of my week. So, and I'm glad it worked. And uh, I love your garden friend forever. And I'll talk to you. I'm waving to you. I know we don't have our cameras on, but I'm waving by. All right. Get your copy of the Organic Oasis Guidebook available today from Amazon. It's got 12 lessons designed to help you create your own organic oasis. Um, it starts with healthy soil. It talks about building an earth-friendly landscape. It helps you understand the difference between annuals and perennials and how to bring in beneficial insects. It talks about fruit trees and just um, all the lessons that I've learned on my podcast mixed with what Mike and I have done here. Okay, what Mike has done here at Mike's Green Garden and just um, I hope that it will help you on your garden journey uh, to create, like I said, your own organic oasis um, where you can have healthy food and enjoy, um, you know, a very special place. And most of all, it's good for Mother Earth. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.